2: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. CTmobile.com. Welcome to Overnight America with Ryan Recker on KMOX. Sponsored by Michael's Flooring. The flooring experts. MichaelsFlooringOutlet.com.
3: And welcome back. It's Overnight America. I'm your host, Ryan Recker. And on Facebook, Ryan Recker Radio. You can go like the page right there. It's oh so easy. And I just post a dog a photo if you want to follow me on Twitter at Ryan Recker. In case you want to uh, kind of get the mood my dog is in, that would be to do it. So we're still talking about what's going to happen if another stimulus package is going to go through. There's already been multiple stimulus packages. A couple of them have included individual payments. And there's a big right now with Republicans. And there's a group of 10 of them that met at the White House. Well, at least I didn't do a head count. But there's a group of 10 that want to meet with Joe Biden, who did meet with Joe Biden, led by Susan Collins. And she had a press conference earlier to talk about what they discussed, uh, where it's going. You know. When I look at this, I wanted to point out one thing, and this is a big part of the contention when it comes to the amount of money we're spending. So when it came time for the election to roll around, there were lots of people that said, this will be great if we get Joe Biden in because they'll give us lots of money. We're just going to continue to print it out. We'll get thousands of dollars probably multiple rounds of it. You know, we got the 600 before the end of the year. Now we're looking at, oh boy, look at this. Uh, We can get another 1,400. We can get 2,000. This is what they promised. And then, you know, 11 days passed in the presidency. And then (laughs) very impatient people on social media. I voted for that 2,000. Where is it? It's the very much Obama phone way of thinking where, hey, we're just going to get everything for free. If we vote for this person, then realize it doesn't work like that. So they have their own plan, and there's different things they want to do. And the Republicans want to put about $600 billion on the table for another coronavirus relief package. The Democrats want to put closer to $2 trillion. So there's a big discrepancy between the two of them. And it's about finding where that's at. Even during the press conference today, uh, talking about the COVID bill. This is before the Republicans met at the White House with President uh, Biden. So keep that in mind. I have a follow-up to this, but this is what the reporters were asking.
4: Uh, On Friday, we heard the president come out and say that while he wants to pass this bill with support from Republicans, if we can get it, it has to pass with no no ifs, ands, or buts, as he put it. Then if we can, should we take that as a sign that the president recognizes he may have to be abandoning his hopes for bipartisanship? I think it's hardly an abandoning of bipartisanship. We're still at a phase where the House and Senate are working through, as you know, from covering Congress, uh, the entire reconciliation, what the process would look like on the budgetary front this week. Uh, Senator Leader Schumer and Speaker Pelosi have both said they would also like it to be bipartisan. We'll see what comes out of this meeting. Yeah,
3: not really. Let me just pause it here. Schumer, I think, is just saying, no, we're just going to go reconciliation. We'll just force this through. We got the votes. All we need is 50. So, hey, even if there is a Democrat like uh, Manchin that decides to vote the other way, we'll still have uh you know, uh, an opportunity because I'm sure there'll be Republicans that pop in.
4: And if there are good ideas to put forward, we'll put forward them. There's still time to do exactly that. And even if through the parliamentary process that the Congress will decide it moves toward reconciliation, Republicans can still vote for that. And there's certainly precedent of that in the past. You
0: mentioned that the Republicans
4: can still vote for the bill, obviously, even if it's done through reconciliation. But some Republican sources say that's not really bipartisanship. It doesn't satisfy that prompt, true compromise. Well, I think that the one in seven American families who can't put food on the table uh, and the teachers who are waiting to ensure that schools have uh, the ventilation, the PPE, the testing they need, uh, those they will tell you that they expect their members to meet this moment. And uh, we saw this as a good faith proposal they put forward, good faith effort to have a discussion. The the president's inviting them here in good faith uh, and we will see where it goes from here. OK,
3: let me just point out, too, and I have to replay this because the way that they are framing this and if you want to talk about this, you can three one four four three six seventy nine hundred. Also eight hundred nine two five eleven twenty. 925 1120 I have the text messaging up if you want to message that way. But it was on Fox News Sunday with Senator Bill Cassidy. I wanted to play this because I think it's good to put a counter argument onto what the White House is putting out. Give me the biggest ticket items that you would include from the president's package and a couple of bigger items that you would exclude.
5: So we have one hundred and sixty billion dollars. We match his figure when it comes to vaccination uh, to increase capacity to make more vaccine more quickly, as well as to adapt to these variants which are coming across. One area that we decrease, he has one hundred and seventy billion for schools. Now, we've already given schools one hundred and ten percent of what they what they usually receive from the federal government. Parochial schools have opened with a fraction of that money. Charter schools are opened. The real problem is public schools. That issue is not money. That issue is teachers' unions telling their teachers not to go to work. And putting 170 billion uh, towards teachers' unions' priorities it I takes care of a democratic constituency group, but it wastes our federal taxpayer dollars for something which is not the problem. We have 20 billion to get kids back to school on top of the roughly 66 billion, which is on top of the 57 billion schools normally get.
3: We can get kids back to school without you know, kind of bailing out the teachers unions. 100% true. This is so good to point out. You've already funded the schools, which haven't been working in full capacity to begin with. And then you had two other stimulus packages that have put money on top of that already. So it makes you wonder how much money do you have to throw at this and what are you throwing at this point? And I wanted to add one other thing to this. And one of the reasons that they talk about the stimulus package is the individual check portion of this thing. So Biden proposed fourteen hundred dollars. I think a lot of people believe that they're going to push two thousand dollars, you know, the the full two grand If you qualified for this sort of thing, Republicans are coming in and they're saying, "Okay, we want to cap that at $1,000 and we want to make sure that if you're filing, that it's for those that are at an income that's not above like 100 grand. Okay, so this is what the Republicans said. They said as a couple, if you're married, you can make up to $80,000 and you would still be able to get a stimulus. If you're an individual, you can make up to $40,000 and still earn a stimulus. So if you're a married couple with kids, 80 grand, you know, this is good. The Democrats say, no, 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 you should be able to earn up to $200,000 and still get stimulus money. Now, the Republicans are looking at that and saying, dude, we got to figure a way to cut some of this stuff. If you're making two hundred grand as a family, do you really need this extra $1,000 that we're going to throw your way? I mean, if you're making $200,000 right now, $200,000 a year in a household, are we are we going to put ourselves further in debt so we can give money to those? Should we more or less try to focus on those that are lower income earners because that's where the impact is needed? That is 100 percent true. And that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. So we'll take some of your calls on this right after the break. Three, one, four, four, three, six, nine hundred or eight hundred nine, two, five, eleven, twenty. Real quick, let's go to Amy, who's calling in. Welcome to Overnight America. Hi, Ryan. Hi, Amy. Are you there? Oh, there we go. I hear you now. I'm go here.
6: ahead. Um, do you believe I was just listening to about the stimulus package. I'm a firm believer that they should put a salary cap on it. What do you think? Mm-hmm. I yes. think it's 200 yes. people making $200,000, it's absurd.
3: Yeah, if if you're upwards of making 200 grand, it, I, okay, so I'm going to play devil's advocate here for a second, but I'm still siding with, I think this is stupid if you're making 200 grand and you qualify. Devil's advocate, you're living in California. And it's skyrocketing cost of living. And you're thinking to yourself, okay, you have to make, you know, 50 grand just to live in a studio apartment in Los Angeles or whatever. So they don't want to exclude them. So you want to cater to the couple of million people in Los Angeles and San Francisco. And then we're going to apply that across the country where there's rural areas. Like if you're here in St. Louis and you're making 200 grand, you're living good. You're living real good it's not necessary it's not scalable across the united states that way so and i'm going to go back to thinking two hundred thousand dollars a year you are making enough money that you don't need a government handout and we're already talking about trillions upon trillions are you going to actually have an economic impact so are you going to spend that money are you going to do something else with it and studies show that if you are living above a certain means that you're saving this or you're paying down debt or something along those lines. You're not actually reinfusing it into the economy. The ones that are doing it are the ones that are in an income that are lower, and that's what the Republicans want to put a cap on that. And I think that's necessary so we don't keep just spending trillions when we don't need to.
4: I agree.
3: Yeah. So I, what would the cap be for you?
6: Um I guess I would say a hundred thousand. I guess it's depending okay, on the size before, of family.
3: Yeah, and before the cap was 75 to 100, and that's what they traditionally have done with the individual payments in the last two. So 75 to 100. And even that, if you think about it, you're making 100 grand as a family. It's just so when they put this out, you weren't excluded. At this point we're talking about a third round of it. So you've been already included a couple of times. Even if you're making 100 grand is is it really necessary to keep popping it out there? Probably not. Especially family. I, the, the way the Republicans, family, Especially
7: if you're a family of two.
3: If you're a family of two, if you're just married with no kids, now if you have kids, you know, kids qualify regardless, right? So if you might still get the 600 per kid or whatever. That we're talking about what the an adult would be able to do. So that too. Um, yeah, there, there's so much that goes into it. And when we're spending and we're talking about trillions that we can't afford already, you have to be a little bit more frugal as opposed to just throwing it out there. Uh, Amy, thank you very much for your call. Good to hear from you. That was a good call. 314-436-7900. We'll take some more of your calls right after the break on Overnight America KMOX. Listening to KMOX has never been easier.
4: Siri, play KMOX.
3: So we're looking at some of the different ways the Republicans and Democrats are handling this sort of thing. And the Republicans are saying, we got to scale this down another two trillion, something we can't afford. And you're talking about sending stimulus checks to families that make two hundred thousand dollars a year. Are you kidding me? Let's uh, drop that down to a couples that make 80 a year. Okay, that's a nice number, right? You, the, there's still ways that they can contribute and spend that and use that, and then we don't have to add all of this other debt for someone already making 200 here. Are you kidding me? Like, think about that here in St. Louis. If your family's bringing in two hundred grand, you are doing pretty good. You could probably afford not to get this stimulus, <laughs> period. All right, so let's take a couple of your calls on this, and let's go to Kim. Welcome to Overnight America.
6: Hi, Ryan. You know, that that two hundred thousand dollars really angers me i am on disability because i'm visually impaired and i'm also drawing my retirement because i'm a retired federal employee and i am struggling every month to get my bills paid but they get paid and i'm still able to put food on my table and i just i don't think that's right at all i'm sorry but
4: there's something wrong there
3: yeah, and now think of this. Even if it's not a couple, so couples up to two hundred and six thousand dollars is what Joe Biden and the Democrats are proposing. If you're an individual making one hundred and fifteen grand, you would still qualify and be able to pick up money from it up to one hundred and fifteen thousand dollars.
6: And I wow. don't even think that one hundred and fifty grand would need it either. I mean. No, no, they got got a really bottle line someplace.
3: You're making a hundred thousand dollars plus. You shouldn't be getting stimulus money, and you got a job right now. Come on, under Biden's plan. Okay, keep this in mind too. Under Biden's plan, families with incomes even up to three hundred thousand dollars would get some money. 300 grand. Oh, you got to be kidding. All right. So this is what they're trying to push right here. So you understand when the Republicans get together and they say, we got to scale this back. We got to talk about this. This is way too much. And then when you hear these press conferences, when the spokesperson for the White House gets out there and says, there's families that can't put food on the table and the Republicans are holding this up. Give me a break with this. You know, if if you're trying to pull this sham that you can make 200, $300,000 a year and it's necessary for you to be included in this. You're reading that they feel like we just got this unlimited ability to just hand out money forever. No repercussions. Think about everything else that they're trying to put in this, if that's a non-starter for them, too. So I uh, it's frustrating. And, uh, Kim, thank you very much for your call. Super frustrating. If you're someone that is listening to this and you're, you're making, you know, 40 a year, like the Republicans are saying, a year, 20 a year. And you're saying, OK, I'm going to be in the same boat as someone making 200K. What a joke. Let's go to Bob. Welcome to Overnight America.
6: Yeah, uh, the point I'm trying to make is what year taxes are you actually counting? It's for 2019 before the uh, pandemic actually happened. So they're basing your earnings on that. It takes, doesn't take into account if you lost your job in 2020.
0: That's
3: an interesting point. Um, I don't know how it could... Uh, and it would be before the filing season for 2020. Yeah, that you know, a lot could change between then, uh, between the filing years. That could be very true. Yeah, things could have changed. It doesn't uh, account for that. It doesn't also account for if they're already filed for unemployment, if they're getting federal benefits that way, and if they're using that as an indication. But um, but how about this? Even if let's say in 2019 you made two hundred three hundred thousand dollars a year, and then somewhere during the pandemic in 2020 you you drop off in there, but you were making two hundred three hundred grand a year. Um, you would think, hypothetically, you would have something saved, hopefully, and then it would still uh, be able to look at the taxes as a pretty good indicator if you need it or not. I would hope at least.
6: Yeah, it's just. Uh You know, the numbers everybody's throwing out there doesn't take into account if you lost your job in 2020. There's Sure, you should have uh, some money saved up, that's for sure. You know, I mean, I'm doing fine. What I did with my stimulus is gave it to my daughter that just graduated college that didn't get anything and my other daughter that lost her job, and you just play it forward. I'm sure that's what a lot of people did.
3: Maybe, yeah. Thank you very much for the call. There's really, I don't know if there's a good way for the government to do it other than using how you filed on your taxes, because how you file is, you know, you're certifying, you're under penalty of law. If we were to just do it where people had to claim it, there would be a massive amount of fraud. I mean, a massive amount. So we want to try to cut down on that and just make it easy, because if you want to get the checks out quickly, you just use the data that's on file for the IRS. And since the IRS filing season was pushed back. I don't even know when you can file. It's somewhere this month. Normally you'd be able to do it by now. But even if they were to have updated info, are they going to use that? Are they using something different? And then again, I haven't seen any of that written down because they haven't really talked about it. Uh, If they're changing that, if anything, I think they're going to use at least the same standards other than changing the income level And then just moving it to the and applying it to the new one. But if you want to know how that went a couple hours ago at the White House, Republicans did meet with uh, the White House uh, and Joe Biden. Susan Collins came out and gave us an update.
7: We have just had a very productive, cordial two hour meeting with the president and the vice president and some of their key aides to discuss the next steps on the COVID relief package we outlined for the president the provisions that we have proposed as part of an approximately 600 billion dollar package he explained in more depth areas that uh, were not fleshed out as much in the package the 1.9 trillion dollar package and it was a very good exchange of views I wouldn't say that we came together on a package tonight. No one expected that in a two-hour meeting. But what we did agree to do is to follow up and talk further at the staff level and amongst ourselves and with the president and vice president on how we can continue to work together on this very important issue. All of us are concerned about struggling families, teetering small businesses, an overwhelmed healthcare system, getting vaccines out and into people's arms, and strengthening our economy and addressing the public health crisis that we face. So I think it was an excellent meeting, and we're very appreciative that, as his first official meeting in the Oval Office. Uh, the president chose to spend so much time with us in a frank and very useful discussion. Uh,
3: I think that you're going to find out um, who's running the party now. So if Joe Biden gets in there and says, no, we're still putting the cap at $300,000 for a family income to still get some relief money in something like this. The same amount of money you would get if you're making $20,000 is kind of a slap in the face for everyone that has truly been struggling. All right, so when we come back right after the break, we'll take a look at the weather and we'll be joined by uh, author of a book called Reframed. Uh, Stuart Shanker is his name on self-regulation and how to get through some of the bad behaviors you may have picked up over the past year because of COVID. That's
1: coming up next on Overnight America KMOX.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
2: And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to twenty percent versus AT and T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. News Radio eleven twenty
3: KMOX, the voice of the Cardinals. He's the author of a new book that's out called Reframed, and we're looking at self-regulation and some of those things that may have slipped through the cracks the last couple of months through COVID. Author Stuart Schenker, thank you for coming on to KMOX.
6: My pleasure, Ryan.
3: Yes, we have picked up some uh, bad habits, maybe some good ones. Our intentions were to pick up good ones on the onset, but I feel like that has been since turned into bad habits.
6: Well, you know, um, uh, we've seen over the last last 12 months uh, tripling in the number of people with depression and anxiety disorder. And it's even worse in kids. Uh, What we're seeing in kids is a whole explosion of problems, problems in behavior and their emotion, learning, memory, and also problems in their health. Uh, The thing is, we have a pretty good idea why this is happening. Uh, What we want to know is what we do about it. And what you just said a second ago, I, I, I really think you put your finger on it, because clearly we're doing something wrong. Uh, mm-hmm. If we were doing it right, we wouldn't have seen uh, this explosion of problems, even though, you know, we're dealing with COVID or, you know, an awful lot of stress in, in, in our political situation, the polarization. So mm-hmm. what do we do about it? Uh, The answer, actually, can be found in a revolution that's going on right now in neuroscience. It's been going on for about 20 years. And I'm just going to simplify it. In the book that you mentioned, I explain it pretty carefully. But essentially, what's going on here is uh, we now know there are a couple of systems in the brain that burn energy, burn a lot of energy. And some of them are obvious, right? So exercise burns a lot of energy. Thinking burns a lot of energy. Uh, uh, stress burns a lot of energy. And then there's another system that kicks in. Uh, we call it the restoration system. And basically what it does is it replaces all that energy that we've used up. And not only does it do that, but it heals the body. It heals uh, all the cellular damage that's gone on. It uh, essentially fills the tanks. So we have this these kind of rival systems. and the problem is you, they can't work at the same time. It's either one or the other. Either we're burning or we're, we're in restoration. Now, the key in all this is stress. Uh, and that mm-hmm. goes without saying, I guess. Um, the definition of stress for a scientist is anything that requires us to burn energy. So there's all different hmm. kinds of stresses. It's biological. Sorry, Ryan? That's
3: yes, interesting. I've never heard of an actual definition like that.
6: Yeah, that's, so basically it was designed by an American physiologist at the beginning of the 20th century, a guy called Walter Cannon. And the idea is that the body's composed of all these different systems. They're kind of like a furnace. And uh, the stress is anything that causes the furnace to go on. And um, we burn energy in order to keep, let's say, the internal body temperature at 98.6. So, there's all these different kinds of energies. There's physical energy, there's uh, different kinds of stresses. There's physical, there's emotional, there's cognitive, there's social. So, in a situation like the past 12 months, um, the data is telling us we've got a hell of a lot of stress in our lives. But there's a second point, and you put your finger on it at the very start, and that's self regulation. Because what matters here. Okay, we know that this is a tough time. What matters is how do we recover from all that energy that we're burning? That's the restoration part. That's the self-regulation part. Self-regulation, in its original sense, simply meant how do we manage stress? And here there's a distinction, and it's Mm – yeah, go ahead, Ryan.
3: Well, I was going to say with the regulation side, and it's interesting because I look at your background and you are someone that has a couple of different backgrounds. You're a research professor emeritus of philosophy and psychology at York University. And I think about the psychology of it because we can understand that is there a philosophical way to look at this too? Because you're talking about self-regulation in a way that the body is regulating itself and doing all of these things at the same time. And we can kind of explain why we're going through things, but there's got to, is, is there a philosophy side of this too?
6: Yeah, there is. So it's a great question too. So the philosophical side is we, there's a basic distinction we can draw between what we call maladaptive self-regulation and beneficial or growth-promoting. So what's maladaptive self-regulation? Well, what that means is we can do something that relieves our stress in the moment, but creates more stress down the road. So an obvious example would be, you know, you've had a tough day, and to cope with your tough day, I don't know, you binge, you binge on ice cream, or you have too many drinks. And what that does is it alleviates the stress in the moment but down the road what happens is you have even more stress so you have health stress or whatever and this is the key for kids this is the key for all the work we do up in Canada with kids because what's happened over the over the past 12 months um, you know we can't really control the stress that COVID has created you know the stress of lockdown or wearing masks whatever but what's important is how we respond to it and what's happened is uh, far too many uh, parents and teachers have responded uh, in what is essentially a maladaptive way of dealing with stress. So mm-hmm. do you want me to give you an example? Sure, I'd love to. Okay, so um, typically what's been going on, at least up here in Canada, is you know, you're you trying to keep your kids quiet, uh, so you let them you know, go on screen time for the whole day. But what happens in... Uh, When a kid is, you know, watching a movie or playing a video game, whatever, is they're actually, if we go back to where I started with those two systems in the brain, they're actually burning a lot of energy, even though they may not be moving, even though they may not be quiet, even though they may be quiet. In fact, this is one of the big problems if you do something like, you know, punish your kid by making them sit on the naughty stool or putting them on a timeout. Uh, That kid can go very quiet. Uh, they're actually in a state that we call parasympathetic flooding. And what that means is that on the outside, they look, uh, they look, you know, they're not moving, they're not talking, but on the inside, if you could look underneath the hood, they are burning energy like crazy. And Mm. what we see is their heart rate's burnt, their heart rate's gone up, their breathing's gone up. So, uh, we draw a fundamental distinction in self regulation between being quiet and being calm uh, when when a kid is calm, what happens is the heart rate lowers, breathing lowers, and basically they are not burning energy and what we 've seen happen over the past twelve months is yeah, the stress is high, but what we 're doing to deal with that stress with our kids or with ourselves is we are triggering something called, it's, the technical term is sympathetic arousal. What that huh. means is we we are, yeah, go ahead, Ryan.
3: No, I was going to say that I, I'm just, uh, we're having the problem that we sometimes have with the way technology is and working from home is that sometimes yeah. I'll react to something, and it'll be like a second down the line. So you'll hear me like I'm trying to interrupt. I'm not trying to interrupt. I'm sorry. I was, I was just like interested by the things you were saying.
6: Um, uh, <laughs> the example of technology is a really good one, right? So <laughs> our problem, our problem, and it's, okay, so we know this is happening. We know that what that data is telling us that I started with, it's telling us that we're not restoring. We ourselves aren't restoring. Our kids aren't restoring. And so that becomes our major issue. How do we restore in a time like this? So um, this uh, model that we developed called self-reg. Um, it's basically it is a combination of both philosophy and psychology because I was trained in both. I went to Oxford um, and I got a you know pretty thorough training in each of these. And there's five steps involved and the point of these five steps of self-reg is to get to the fifth step, which is restoration. To get to that step where we're actually replacing the energy that's been burned. We're triggering all these things that the kid needs, like digestion or cellular repair. And the first step is kind of the key. So uh, I'm guessing that you know probably the best thing I can do now is just give you a real brief overview of what the method is. I can tell you this. Uh, We we basically run this now everywhere in Canada, and um, we got a lot of international demand. So that's why I'm with you tonight. We just only just started to uh, um, bring this into the US, Um, Mm -hmm. but if you go on the websites, you can get you can get all kinds of uh, free information about how to do this. Uh, The first step is a real is a real interesting one. Um, So the first step of suffering is called reframing. And what that means is, let's say I'm, you know, I'm working with my own child or I'm a teacher. I have to learn how to distinguish between misbehavior and stress behavior. And stress behavior is a new concept. Stress behavior is something that we've only learned about clinically over the last 20 years. And we teach, you know, what are the signs of stress behavior? Why does this matter? It matters because, If it's stress behavior and you punish the child, then you're actually going to make that child's stress even worse. You're actually going to increase that energy burn, that sympathetic arousal. So we need to learn, when am I dealing with misbehavior, which is deliberate and intentional, when is it stress behavior, and what do I do if it's stress behavior? And now, guess what? What we're seeing is just a ton of stress behavior, and not just in kids. So I have a pretty strong feeling that an awful lot of the political chaos that we've been going through is actually the result of incredibly high stress loads and not just COVID stress. So that I, is, that's um, the second step. Okay. Yeah, go yeah, ahead.
3: because when you go through these, it's fascinating to think that there's different applications for this because when you think about self-regulation, you think about your own self, but then you look at the relationships that you have with other people or within your family and how those sort of things could play out just real quick, because you were talking about how Canada now we're starting to learn about the book here in the United States, starting to catch on If People wanted to look up your book reframed. Where can they find it?
6: Uh, I believe that there are plans right now to bring it into one of the big chains in the U S but for the moment you have to go to Amazon. um, And, uh, What's exciting about this is we learned something real basic. And that is, first of all, there's no such thing as a bad kid. And I know it's hard to hear that, but it's true. Um, We can always change a trajectory. We have worked with kids that you wouldn't think had a chance. And it's incredible what we could do. And I'm not just talking behavior. I'm talking about kids that appear to be doomed to fail at school, and we can turn that around because there's a stress problem. So what this is really about, what the self-reg method is about is um, we're trying to inspire now a sense of hope in everybody, hope for yourself, hope for your kid, hope for your country, and give you the tools that this is more than just hope, give you the tools that you can actually begin to manage your stress in a way that is restorative.
3: Yeah, what's fascinating to me when I look at, at least with my own children, and I have a six-year-old, the way my wife interacts with my son is so much better when it comes to changing his behavior. She knows exactly what to do and say, and it's not natural for me as a dad, but man, I can see her get in there and just change things instantly. But when you talk about adults, I mean, sometimes it's easier to change that trajectory of a kid. And as an adult, it seems like it's a lot harder because people are set in their ways. They're yeah. stubborn. They don't want to change. They don't think they have to change. They could be self independent in that sense where they don't have to rely on someone else. So they feel they, that they don't have to do that. Do you find that once you get to a certain point in your life, it just becomes too difficult.
6: Okay. So that's, uh, you made two great points there. First of all, I can really resonate with what you said about watching your wife versus yourself. I got the same thing. Uh, if your <laughs> wife wants a job, she can come work for us. Um, but uh, you know what? Uh, There's never an age at which we can't change. Um, and we've done a lot. We're doing a lot of work right now with, uh, with seniors, with the elderly, but here's something really interesting. The way you help somebody change is not by yelling at them, not by arguing. In fact, what you're going to do, shut up. What you have to do is you have to listen. And we talk about listening with our eyes as well as with our ears. Um, And so what we need to do is in order for change to be possible, no matter what the age, that kid or that adult has to feel safe. When they feel safe, all of the energy burning systems shut down. So the first thing you've got to do is, and we do this over and over, we teach our therapists. Don't you know? Don't get in their face. Don't try to persuade them. Instead, calm everything down. Reduce as much stress as you possibly can. Sometimes, what it all it takes is a gentle touch on the shoulder, turning off the lights, and that's basically when you know. I look at what's happening in in the U.S. right now. I think everybody needs to just you know let's calm down now. Let's soothe this, and let's get uh, let's get. It's called uh, social engagement. Let's get that sort of connection. And I'll tell you one last thing, okay, Ryan? Mm -hmm. There is a connection, a brain-to-brain connection. It's called a limbic connection. We're not even aware that we're doing it. In order for me to help somebody else, I have to be calm. If I am calm myself, they feel that calmness. Calmness begets calmness, regardless of the age.
3: Huh. Interesting. That's where dogs help, it's I cool. think, and cats and things like that. Absolutely,
6: absolutely. <laughs> no, it's true. I got to listen. I I've got a Goldie, right? If I'm stressed, all I need to do is come and you know just go pet my dog for a couple minutes.
3: Exactly, it, and it's amazing how animals can pick up on those things. Honestly, if something happens to me, if I'm stressed, it's a, the dog will walk to me and just like be right next to me. Somehow me too. picks up me on too. those things. Me,
6: yeah, me too. Me
3: too. It's re- really amazing. So, so Reframed, uh, probably uh, Amazon would be a great place to look until you start distributing it here more widely in some of the chains. It's out now, and people can find it. And, you know, it's it's so fascinating. Do you have a social media or a website people can look up to?
6: Yeah, we do. It's, uh, we have a couple. So the big one is called self-reg.ca, and you get all kinds of free stuff on that. And the new international one, which we set up for the U.S. work, it's called selfregglobal.com. So there's two. Okay. Great. Social media, are
3: you online that way?
6: Yep. Yeah, we have a big Somewhere. Twitter following up here in Canada. So, yeah, we do. Yeah, we do. Well, go-
3: Well, people could look you up on there and author Stuart Shanker look up Reframed. On Amazon, you can do a search, too. You can find the, the websites that are being built. And i got to say, real fascinating. It's amazing how this research has a lot of practical uses for everyone and also for the relationships that we have with other people. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about it tonight.
6: Thanks, Ryan. I've enjoyed it.
3: So the book, again, Reframed, with author Stuart Shanker, S-H-A-N-K-E-R. You can do a search for and find some of his work. If any of that sounds interesting to you and you want to learn more about it, yeah, go look up that book on Amazon, Reframed. This is Overnight America, KMOX.
1: This is
2: Overnight America, sponsored by Michael's Flooring, the flooring experts.
3: michaelsflooringoutlet.com on KMOX. Here we are in Overnight America. I thought that was real fascinating. That really went in a direction that I was not anticipating. And sometimes when you bring these interviews in, I really don't know exactly what the guest is going to say. I'm just coming into it, much like Larry King used to, with a lot of curiosity. And then he says something that is just so fascinating that you think, wow, um, I could probably sit and listen to a lecture of this. In a way, it's I'm very selfish. I get the opportunity, because of this radio show, to use it to further my own uh, curiosity and the endeavors of trying to learn things. And I hope that you enjoy them too. And I think that we do. So I wanted to bring this up because there's an update to the whole GameStop story. (laughs) So GameStop and some of these other stocks that were targeted based on different online groups now seem to have shifted towards silver. So the trading that happened, like GameStop turning from like a $20 stock to a $350 stock. Now they said, you know what? Silver is way undervalued. We need to start going towards that. So on Reddit and forums like Wall Street Bets and other places in social media, they encouraged investors to buy silver. So that means the cost of silver shot up. Meanwhile, GameStop shares continue to drop. The prices are still very high. People are holding on to some of it, but it's not as high as it was before. Over the weekend on CNBC, I saw this. Dennis O'Leary, who's Mr. Wonderful on Shark Tank, was debating the whole thing when it came to GameStop. And people are upset. They're upset because they look at it and they say they shouldn't be able to do this. They shouldn't be able to organize and buy stock to manipulate or whatever it may be. And Dennis O'Leary stepped in and said, no, this is good. This is what should be happening. And I thought, you know what? Good for him to go in and bring this up. Because a lot of times, different members of the media, they don't side with the uh, the small guy, they say, oh, no, we need to regulate, regulate, regulate. When he goes in there and he said, OK, what are you trying to do? You're trying to save me from myself? It's not simply about an individual company or an individual issue. It's about the honesty of the marketplace and the reliability of the marketplace
8: and the danger a defective and dishonest marketplace has to our economy. What do you think, Kevin? I don't agree with any of that. The truth <laughs> is the market has didn't, always didn't been a speculative would. place. <laughs> No, but I I think you have to hear the other side of this, Bill, because at the end of the day, there's some very powerful forces in play here that are actually good. So let me take a shot at it. The definition of the market is speculation. When you buy and stay long a stock, you're speculating the profits you hope are going to come finally appear, and you take that risk. The best thing we could do for this market now is leave it alone and just shine the light of transparency on it. If you are short, let it be transparent. You now run a new risk that these effective social media vigilantes are going to come after you and squeeze you as a short, that's going to make a lot of hedge funds think a second time before they try and go short stocks, which I think is great. But here's the point that I think everybody is missing. Four or five years ago, we had 100 million Americans with nothing set aside for their retirements. We still do. And that's because our educational system, including the one in Massachusetts where I had my kids... And they grew up in best schools in the world, I would argue. They taught them nothing about investing. And then along comes a platform like Robinhood. And all of a sudden, kids in their 20s and 30s that would never get touched by Money Center Bank or an online broker because they're not a profitable account. They only have a few hundred dollars to invest. Vlad and his team create this platform and now have millions, millions of people learning about the ways of the market and the market even for sophisticated investors. They're learning investors, by losing, though. They're learning by losing. Every uh, investor loses them. money, Bill. Every loser. you, Everyone uh, learns think from should. the market. I don't think we So you're going to protect me from losing investment money? Investment Are you kidding?
3: You're going to protect me from losing money. Think about this. Honestly, I didn't have any finance classes in high school. Has anyone listening right now actually talked finances or how to do anything financial in high school? Not me. I, that was not offered. I wish it was, and it should be. Maybe this would be good. It shows that there's a lot of interest in the younger generation for this sort of thing. We'll take some of your calls and continue right after the break. This is Overnight America KMOX. (sighs)
9: Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact